Thank you, Jesus. I'm glad to be back home. It's been four years since I've been here. And I just thank God, amen, for being here. And I want to let you know the sovereign grace is still showing up in the holy alone at all. We have sent out absolutely free around the world over 16 million bowels. And testimonies are coming in from every continent. God's sovereign power is still moving. Let me tell you something about sovereign grace. Now, I know some of you faith folks are going to get messed up. But when sovereign grace shows up, your faith ain't necessary. The old folks that didn't know the Greek and the Hebrew, amen, they knew something. He's God all by himself. He don't need your permission to be God. Amen. Are you listening to me? Paul said, amen, in Hebrews, the fourth chapter. Come on, help me somebody in here. Concerning, they had no faith, but they had an air-conditioned cloud over them. By day, a fireplace by night, water coming out of a rock, clothes that didn't wear out, meat laying out everywhere, bread everywhere. They had no faith and they lived better than you. Because God can do anything he wants, anytime he wants. I wish somebody served a God like that right now. Make some noise about that. The Lord is about to do strange things in America. He's been doing some wild things around the world, but he's getting ready to move in America. I say he's getting ready to move like he have never moved in America. Oh, y'all don't want to hear this. Oh, how you going to feel having church every day? Serving God every day in the house of God. We don't want to prolong the time. But I want you to turn to Galatians. The second chapter. I want to talk to you on the subject today. Of the mark of the bold heroic type. God is looking for the saints to become bold. And the Holy Spirit want to bring that hero out of you. Oh, y'all don't want to talk to me. Turn and look at that hero sitting next to you. Just smile at him. Say, hello, hero. Turn and look at that other bold person on the other side of you. Why don't you say, hello, bold one. <laughs> look what the word of the Lord says here in Galatians. Very familiar passage of scripture. And it says in the 20th verse, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, touch your neighbor and say in the flesh. I live by faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That is no longer I that live but Christ that lives in me. I just come back from a season of prayer. Some of you remember back in, 19, in the 90s where I had burned myself out in the spirit, in the flesh. Amen. I started with $3 preaching from an abandoned used car lot Amen, little eight by 10 shack in Baton Rouge. I would put 50 chairs out there and I would preach all day to the empty chairs and nobody would show up. <laughs> but in a matter of six years, it became the largest outreach 
amen, in the state of Louisiana in the inner city. God supernaturally, through prayer, started the first 24-hour prayer line where people could call in there day and night. Are you listening to me? From the prayer line, we end up with the largest inner city facility. When our ministry was two weeks old, I went to get a loan. I needed $50,000, and the banker laughed at me when I told him our ministry was two weeks old. But six years later, I brought 450 people together, and we bought that bank and was moving a quarter of a million dollars a day. Somebody make some noise up in here if you hear what I'm saying. We ended up with the number one gospel radio station where we was reaching 40,000 people in a 14-county area. Come on, help me, somebody. Oh, y'all listen to me. God moved so, amen, that the abortion law that came out of Louisiana years ago, it came out of that, amen, little prayer house. The redistricting where Cleo Fields became the youngest congressman in America happened in that little old prayer house. Oh, you hear me? We had more minority judges than anywhere in America came through that place of prayer. Oh, y'all don't want to talk with me. Amen. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Come on, help me. I wish we had somebody don't mind praying up in here. I wish we had somebody, amen, that wanted to talk to God so God could talk back to you. Are you listening to what I'm saying up in here? Are you listening to me? So many things happen. I burned myself out. In the natural, I was successful, but in the spirit, I was dying. God spoke to me and said, go back to where you started. You can get caught up in ministry while you're doing the work and you're not spending time with God. We had 120 people on full-time staff. 25 years ago, it was a quarter of a million dollars of money in the brokest place in America just to pay the bills. Y'all don't want to shout with me for some reason. But God say, go back to the prayer house. Touch your name and say, somebody need to go back to the prayer house. I went back to the prayer house. And on the third day, God healed my emotions. <laughs> and he gave me my strength back. And he told me to announce on the radio station that was on the third floor of our building. And we had the number four station. They had 100,000 white, white rock and roll and rhythm and blues and country western stations under our little thousand water. And I announced, I cannot leave the prayer house till God show up at your house. I didn't know I would be locked up there for seven and a half months. While I was there praying, Billy Graham called me, say, stay in the prayer house. While I was there praying, President Bush, the first Bush called and say, stay in the prayer house. While I was there, Dr. Ed Cole, the grandfather of the Promise Keeper movement, came to the prayer house. Amen. And I was receiving 2,000 calls a day on $30 worth of telephones. I thought I needed two, three million dollars a month with a satellite to reach the world. And all I needed, amen, was the Holy Ghost and $30. Somebody make some noise up in here. I said make some noise up in here. You don't need what you think you need. I wish somebody would celebrate. You got everything God wants you to have to turn a world upside down. Make some noise up in here if you hear me. Dr. H. Crawford that was over bread basket for Martin Luther King came to the prayer house. John Triple X over security for Malcolm X. Amen. The night he got killed, he came to the prayer house. Y'all don't want to talk to me up in here. Are oh, you listening to me? I say, are oh, you listening to me? But on the 40th day week, God told me to pray over olive oil and he would turn the world upside down. Y'all know the story. That was many years ago. And God sent me back 
last year back to the prayer house. I didn't know how long I was going to stay there. But I didn't go there because I was burned out. He said, go back to the prayer house because I'm getting ready in this season to fulfill the vision I showed you 47 years ago. Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. I say hallelujah. See, sovereign grace is about to fall on America. I say sovereign grace is about to fall on America because the church and burned herself out with religious programs. I wish somebody were going to get excited that they're tired of having church without seeing a move of God. Come on, make some noise up in here. That he's the same today, yesterday, and forever. What he did then, he'll do it now. Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. God is bringing people together. And you need to understand this revival is not an event. But revival is a person. I say revival is not an event, but revival is a person. God wants to turn you and I into revival. Oh, I wish I had some people that don't mind getting set on fire for God. Forty-seven years ago, God showed me a vision. And I saw giant men of color coming up out of the earth. And their shoulders was up in the clouds. And all of a sudden, a voice came out of those clouds and shook the continent of Africa to its knees. And a vibration left Africa and revival touched the world for a season. And I said, Lord, what is this? He said, for I judge America in the world and the coming of my son. Oh, y'all don't want to talk to me. That inner city America Amen. Men and women going to set the moral standard for the end of time. There's a new holy movement about to come out of inner city America and the inner city church. And I wish somebody could get excited about holiness again. I wish somebody could praise God that a righteous standard is about to come back to the church in inner city America. The same way a hundred years ago, amen, William Seymour, amen, and Bishop Mason, are y'all hearing me? Right here at Azusa, amen, and oh, y'all don't want to shout with me. God is about to do it again. And in this movement, God, amen, is going to take that murder spirit out of inner city America. I wish somebody could get excited. That the church going to stop the killing in inner city America. And the wealth that's needed to evangelize the world is already available in inner city America. That's over $900 billion a year that people of color, are you listening to me? Amen. With their gifts and talents create here in America. That's another 900 billion because of our minority children are in prison and vandalism and tearing up and destroying things. That's right at $2 trillion a year waiting on a move of God. 
Oh, uh, y'all not want to hear me. There's enough wealth, amen, because the church has been out of pocket that could buy the debt of nations to feed the hungry, clothe the naked, take in the stranger, visit them that are in prison. And God said, this is the season that he, through his sovereign grace, is about to wake up the inner city church in America. Understand the scriptures. It was the last moment of Jesus' earthly ministry that a black man, he didn't volunteer to carry the cross. He was forced to carry the cross. And the stress and pressure on inner city America right now. Amen. God is forcing the church to come alive and to carry the cross one more time. I wish there was somebody. The old songwriter said, must Jesus bear the cross alone and all the world go free? No, there's a cross for everyone. And there's a cross for you and me. And God is calling people to identify with being crucified. God is calling for people to say, it's no longer I that live, but Christ that liveth in me. Now turn with me quickly to the book of Daniel, the 11th chapter. Are you listening to me? I stayed locked up for 11 months. And the devil didn't want me to come out here with this message. When I got ready to come back and start traveling, the very day I was lined up to preach from Shreveport, Louisiana to New Orleans, because God had opened up a door where my assistant pastor bought the minority, amen, the low power TV stations of Trinity of Louisiana. And now we got stations we can put on 24 hours of gospel, amen, across the state of Louisiana now. Help me, somebody. Come on, help me. Amen. Can anything good come out of Louisiana? The number one imprisonment place in the world. The number one illiterate place in America. The number three killing folks in America. Y'all don't want to hear what I'm saying. The number three, amen, all sex trade in America. Amen. God is getting ready to use a wicked place where the grandfather clause was passed that canceled out the Civil War. God is getting ready to wake up the most wickedest place in America and create a revival that's going to flip the world upside down. Are you listening to me? I say, are you listening to me? I say, are you listening to me? Turn to your neighbor and say, uh, the mark of the bold and hero type. Look what the Bible says, amen, in the book of Daniel. Hallelujah. I'm excited about this. And I'm going to get you on out of here. Daniel, the 11th chapter. It says, and such as do wickedness against the covenant shall he, amen, corrupt, amen, shall he corrupt, hallelujah, by, amen, flattery. But the people that do know their God shall be strong and do what? Exploits. The word exploit here means bold, exciting feats. Touch your neighbor, say bold, exciting Feats. The word also means action of brilliance. Are you listening to me? That God says he's getting ready to release the spirit of a genius upon you. <coughs> Turn and look at your neighbor right quickly. See the one you're looking at? They think they're smarter than you. Now turn and look at your other neighbor on the other side. They know they're smarter than you. But God is getting ready to raise up people, amen, with inventions and ideas. God is getting ready to raise up a Christian economy that's going to evangelize the world. Are you listening to what I'm saying up in here? Turn to your name and say, I I'm brilliant. 
And then it also means heroic events. That God's saying that wherever these group of people show up, they're going to create excitement. Somebody say, I'm excited. Now, won't you get excited? Wherever these folks show up, they're going to be so brilliant, they're going to solve problems. Don't you know whoever solved the problem control the community? And wherever these folks show up, they're going to stand all by themselves like a hero. See, you got to learn, amen, even how to think like a hero. Walk like a hero. Touch your neighbor and say, I am a hero. That's a spirit of the last days that's going to separate you from the norm. The character I want to use for a few more minutes is found in 1 Samuel, the 17th chapter. We want to deal with David. Are you listening to him? Now, in your private time, I want you to study, amen, the 15th, 16th, 17th chapter of 1 Samuel concerning the life of David. Now, since we got the musicians here all the way from Norway, I want to give them a prophetic word right now. Can I take my time and prophesize? When the Babylonians had conquered the entire world, when the oppressors got depressed, and in order for them to become free, they went into the slave quarters for the musicians to set them free. Sing unto us Zion's song. The musicians have always given direction to the world. Oh, y'all don't see what I'm saying. I wish I could get them. Maybe they don't shout over there in Norway. Shout Norway. So who was in charge of the world? Was it the Babylonians or was it the musicians? When the music played, they bowed. The problem has been we have allowed wicked, corrupt folks to control the musicians. I prophesize, take back the music. Take back the music. And let the anointing of David be upon you. That when you sing and play, demons got to get out of kings and leaders. Make some noise up in here if you hear what I'm shouting. Somebody make some noise up in here. Hallelujah. Give somebody a high five and say, take back the music. I release the songwriters. Create a new world. Create a new standard. Lord, I wish I heard somebody that shout with me. Y'all know the power of music? A backslidden choir named Motown took over the world. A little old building on Grand Boulevard in Detroit with a backslidden choir. Because they brought the three principles together found in Ezekiel. They brought the principle, the stick of Joseph, the stick of Ephraim, Joseph the dreamer, Ephraim a blessing in a hard place. And they brought forth, amen, Judah, praise. Barry God, it took them three sticks and used, amen, satanic power and shook the world with it. Of uh, 4,800 churches in inner city America in Detroit. If you went to Europe today and said that you are from Detroit, they ain't gonna name one church, they're gonna say Motown. 
If the enemy could take a backslidden church and change the world, I prophesize, I wonder what God is up to and what he's getting ready to do. I wish somebody could shout one more last time for the musicians. Shout for the choir. Praise God for the choir. Praise God for the choir. Praise God for the musicians. Because God is getting ready to sanctify the music, sanctify the writers, and we get ready to see a world redirected, redirected for the glory of God. And the Bible says in the 48th verse, hallelujah, and it came to pass, 17th chapter, when the Philistine arose and came and drew nigh to meet David, that David haste and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. I want y'all to see right here, David just didn't run to meet Goliath. David ran in on that whole army. Touch your neighbor and say, look at that hero. He just didn't rise up to run at Goliath, but he made haste and he took on the whole entire army. He was excited about doing it. He was bold about doing it. Come on, help me up in here. Are you listening to what I'm saying up in here? Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Neither die, let death, life, angels, principalities, or things present. Nothing can hurt you because of God in you. That little old hero come running in on the army, in on Goliath. Are you listening to me? Are you, are you hearing me? And the Bible said, and Samuel had anointed him with the oil. Because of the anointing of the Holy Ghost, he knew that he was taken care of and protected by God. He knew that he was on a God assignment. Is there anyone in here filled with the Holy Spirit? Is there anyone in here know they've been baptized in the Holy Ghost? Is there anyone in here know they got Holy Ghost power working in them? If so, make some noise up in here and praise your God. Touch about two folks and say, I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. If you are filled with the Holy Ghost, you're filled with boldness. You're filled with excitement. You're filled with the spirit of genius. A good friend of mine, Dave Davis, amen, invented the electric fuel pump for Chrysler. I say, David, how did you get that, man? Amen, he made $148 million on one idea. I said, how did you get that? I said, did you lock up and fast and pray? He said, no, Brother Payton, I was just meditating. God went ploop. I said, what? He said, I was just meditating. God went ploop. I said, what? He said, God just drafted him a spirit. We're living in the season where God getting ready just to ploop you and draft things in your spirit. Supernatural things of creativity. The holy anointed oil was poured on him. And from that day on, amen, visions and dreams came out of him. And then the prophet said, you are the new king. Amen. See, when you are anointed of the Holy Ghost, you're just like what Bishop says. You're somewhere in the future and you look much better than you look right now. I wish somebody could celebrate that your future is better than your past. That that's something great and mighty waiting on you. That the dreams of your heart, they're going to come to pass. If you believe your dream's going to come to pass, won't you praise God for about 30 seconds up in here if you believe your dreams are going to come to pass. Make some real noise in that balcony up there. Praise your God up in here. Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. 
when the Holy Ghost come on you, you get all kind of ideas. In Acts the 19th chapter, Amen. Paul ran into some disciples up there. Had been up there 20 years preaching, didn't have but a few folks. And he said, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? That is not the question to ask today. Because it's like everybody say they got the Holy Spirit. But I want to ask another question today. Do you believe in the Holy Ghost since you received it? Because if you believe in the Holy Ghost, he's the same Holy Ghost today that he was yesterday. He got the same power now that oh, he had 2,000 years ago. Ask your neighbor, do you believe in the Holy Ghost since you received? And then God gave Paul an idea to pray over prayer clause. The scripture says in a two-year period, he shook all of Asia Minor with cotton balls. Touch your neighbor and say, it's time to get wild. It's time to get creative. It's time to be bold. It's time to step outside the box. God gonna do it himself. He's just looking for somebody to believe him. Somebody to trust him. Principle number two. Are y'all still with me? God has chosen you to be different. God chose David to be different from his other brothers. And you've been trying to fit in. You've been trying to be accepted. The Holy Ghost don't fit in. See, you are an original, the devil trying to make a copy out of you. Touch your neighbor and say, you are an original. The enemy trying to make a copy out of you. See, you the only you that's ever been. There will never be another you. In other words, God got some things he wants to do through you that he can't do through nobody else. And if you don't be who God wants you to be, there's some parts of God that will never make it to the earth. Come on, David. Do your hero walk. Come on, David. Do your hero talk. Touch your neighbor and say, hello, little hero. Woo! Turn to your neighbor and go, ah! What that mean, Brother Peter? I don't know, but I feel good when I do it. I'm talking about the mark. of the bold, heroic type. I don't fit in. I never forget years ago, Ben Kinchlow used to be on the 700 Club. He was on our radio station. You know, by me being a little swamp country boy, I got big Ben Kinchlow there. I'm trying to act all sophisticated. So I'm on the air acting all nice. Nobody calling in, he just showed up. And all of a sudden the Holy Ghost say, why are you not being yourself? And then all of a sudden I went, wow! And all 18 lines lit up. And one hour later, 700 folks was out there to have church. Come on, all y'all hearing me? You got to be yourself. Amen. I said, you got to be yourself. God has anointed each one of us to be different. You know, he told me when I do my little prosperity dance, somebody's going to come out of debt. I wish somebody believed that right now. Oh, y'all don't want to shout with me up in here. Make some noise up in here. God anointed 
David to be different. Now, we're about to get you out here. What made him different? He believed the ancient testimonies of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You got to believe this word. I said, you got to believe what God said. Jesus said, the words I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. Your body is made of the dirt. So you got to eat things of the dirt to feed this body. But your spirit is born of God. And you need the word of God to feed your spirit. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out the mouth of God. Somebody celebrate. Oh, taste and see that the word is good. Oh, y'all ain't shouting yet up in here. I guess I ain't preaching good enough yet. I guess I'm not saying it like it need to be said. Make some noise for the word of God. I'm talking about the bold leaving their mark because you're the hero type. David believed the testimony of Amen Abraham. He believed the testimony that Isaac took what he had in a bad economy and sold it in a famine and got a hundredfold return. Somebody's getting ready to get a hundredfold return. Don't be afraid. Step out. Invest. Believe God. Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. I say hallelujah. David saw Goliath, amen, blaspheming, about to take over the whole world. The king in the hole hiding. His big brother's down in the hole hiding. And David come out there with his cracking cheese to feed everybody. Thought he was going to see some fighting. The battlefield wasn't made to live on, it was made to die on. We got too many Christians trying to live. It's time to die. I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. But it's not I, but it's Christ that live in me. You can't tempt a dead man with nothing. I say you can't tempt a dead man with anything. A dead man ain't afraid of nothing. And you can't tempt me with heaven. If I die, I gain. Lord, have mercy. All right, finish up, Pete. Somebody need to say the mark. Hallelujah. Of the bold, heroic type. Touch them one more time. They need to wake up. Hello, hero. <laughs> David said, if we don't do something about this Goliath, he's going to take God out of Israel. So David said, I don't want to live in a world where the presence of God is not moving. How have we allowed the people that don't love God to take over our city streets. How we allow our politicians to pass laws that move God out of our schools, move God out of our place of work. Y'all don't want to talk back to me. I wish somebody believed God ought to be doing something seven days a week, 24 hours a day, that you're tired of just a two-hour morphine service on Sunday. We didn't allow folks to bag us into just two hours. When I was growing up, amen, they didn't even open up plants on Sundays. People didn't go to work on Sundays. David said, I can't live in a world where there's no presence of God. I wish somebody would get a hold to that right now. That we got to bring God's presence back. We got to bring the move of God back. Are oh, you listening to me? Principle number three, 
Then David said this, because the answer to life are in the questions we ask. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You're made in the image of God to function just like God. Everything God ever created, he created out of the questions he asked himself. And everything you create going to come out of the questions you ask yourself. David said, is there not a cause? And when he cried that out, the first thing that happened, it brought the envy and jealousy and strife of his brother against him. When you dare to stand and do something different, the closest people are going to rise up to try to shut you down. But you got to be strong if mama come against you. You got to be strong if daddy come against you. You got to be strong if the family turn against you. I wish somebody know what I'm talking about. I wish there was somebody if the whole government come against you. You got to stand and lift up the bloodstained banner of Christ. Somebody shout, is there not a cause? His big brother said, where are you going with all this pride? You need to be at home there minding them sheep. Amen. Now get the crackers and stuff here. Now you get on back home. He said, is there not a cause? Write this down. Amen. Righteous standards are the force that keep the world from falling apart. America is falling apart now because we're an allowed unrighteous people to rule her. Uh, look how this hand clap's getting small now. Thank God. Amen. That I ain't worried about you. Amen. Paying my salary here today. I'm going to say it again. If you shout or don't shout. America is falling apart because we're allowing the ungodly to have their way. And that the righteous people are being quiet today. But I believe somebody in here going to open up their mouth wide and declare God is alive and well today. Amen. And we are going to stand for the things of God. Because righteous standards is the force that keep the world from falling apart. Amen. If the church in America allow that Eastern spirit to keep rising up, the whole world and civilization as we know it going to fall apart. But your problem is this. You've been reading an Eastern book with a Western mind. Christianity ain't from the west, it's from the east. Oh, look at how quiet you're getting now. Touch your neighbor and say, you've been reading this eastern book with a western mind. David was willing to meet Goliath and the army on the battlefield. Oh, you listen to me. Because he understood what had to take place in the midst of a battle. This thing I'm talking about, you can't win it sitting in a lazy boy, amen, watching another world. Are <laughs> oh, y'all shouting with me? I, I, somebody write this down. Righteous standards cannot survive unless somebody is willing to die. David said, is there not a cause? Why are you down there hiding in that hole? People dying on the battlefield. I want to go on the battlefield. I'm willing to lay down my life because Jehovah God ain't never lost a battle. Hallelujah. This battle is not mine. This battle is the Lord's. And David ran into the army. And David, that little old hero, ran to meet Goliath. Principle number four. Are y'all still with the preacher? I'm about to, amen, shut it down for real now. 
The language of the Holy Ghost is visions and dreams. Turn to your neighbor and go, ah! David was possessed by the Holy Ghost. When you get the Holy Ghost and the Holy Ghost got you, you start looking strange. Turn to your neighbor and get ugly and just look at him. Now laugh at the devil. I didn't say like your neighbor was the devil. Just laugh at the devil. Years ago, I was sitting in my apartment and was about to preach on dreams. See, your bishop understands dreams for to leave that amen building down there and saw this place. He understand the dreams to be there in Memphis where they wasn't treating them right. And he'll say, I'll take this 100-year convention and take it to St. Louis and make it pay for itself. Y'all, I wish y'all give your bishop a hand clap right now. That he's a man that call those things that are not as though they are. He's a man that steps off on nothing but lands on something. He's a man that says, for all I trust God. I say, Lord, the Spirit said, what dreams are made of? And I had to be honest. I said, I don't know. And I'm about to preach on dreams. And the Holy Spirit said, dreams are made of faith, hope, and love. And faith speaks power to the dream. Because faith talks about the dream. You got to keep talking about your dream. I don't care if it hadn't come to pass. You got to keep talking about your dream. I don't care who will believe what you're saying. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? You got David kept saying, I'm going to be king. How am I going to be king if Goliath take over? God has anointed me to be king of this kingdom. I can't let Goliath take my kingdom. Hope gives action to your abilities. What you know how to do, David? Use a slingshot. Y'all don't even see this. I say hope gives action to your abilities. I wish somebody would praise God for their little abilities right now. Because God will take that, what other people been laughing at, and turn the world upside down with it. Hallelujah. Hope causes function to function. Hope put your talent on automatic. And love, are you listening to me? Love is the strength of God to hold on to your dream. And love creates the zeal in you that cause other people to connect with you that got skill. When they see you love something, and say, Lord, this little boy ain't got nothing but a sling. Let me help him out. Y'all not talking to me. But he loved what he's doing. See, when people see you love what God called you to do, other folks with power and means, they'll hook up with you and make your dreams come to pass. Now, if you was going to clap, you need to clap right there. If you're going to celebrate you, I want to let you know your help is on the way. I say your help is on the way. Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. Now God will cause skillful people to join themselves with you and take your purpose into your destiny. So, David, what did you have that you could really brag about? He had one thing left 
that he had. And when you get that, we're going to see them once again say, they that turned the world upside down has come here. That first testimony of going to the prayer house in 94 and 5, and I had burnt myself out, so life became so painful that a spirit of fear got on me. And the spirit got so bad that I would pray at night for the day to come. And each time the day would come, I would pray for the night to come. Have you ever been worn out and just tired? Have you ever been sick and tired and look like everything just go wrong all the time? Like everything you touch look like it start falling apart. Have you ever had your heart broken? Have you ever been betrayed by the closest people around you? I went through this season. But on that third day, God gave me, hallelujah, my courage back. What separated David from everybody else, David had courage. So, Brother Peyton, what can I do to get this courage? Courage is no more than when you and I take our fears and command them to get on their knees and say their prayers. I told my fears them three days, it's time for you to pray. Y'all not shouting with me yet up in here. I say, courage, take your fears and keep them before God until it turns into a power intertwined with your spirit that nothing in the world can stop it. David had courage. And if David had been from South Central, Y'all know I'm about to close now, don't <laughs> David would have looked at Goliath when that courage hit him. And David said this, Goliath, your backside belonged to me. Because the Bible said when he knocked him down, he stood on his backside and chopped his head off. Bow your heads and pray. Father, I...